hear the herd on 101.5 UMFM. My name is Neil Noonan. Alongside me, the boys are back in town. We got a full house. I love it when this happens. We got Jason Pajak from the Manitoban. Mike Still, Bison Sports staff writer. Gentlemen, how are we this Tuesday morning? Good, how are you? Pretty darn good, yeah. We're almost near the end of this regular season. Uh, we got maybe, oh jeez, a week or two in almost every sport. We're, uh, we're really getting down to the thick of things. And uh, the playoff picture across almost every sport is really ty- trying to, or pardon me, is, is taking shape. Um, let's start with men's hockey, as we did last week. We do not need to do a full 30 minutes, maybe as we did. But a big weekend for them. Um, at, at least they're not, they didn't strike out by any means as far as points go, but UBC winning as well. Uh, the men's hockey playoff picture is, uh, is getting really tough. And then they're mm-hmm. going up against, uh, another amazing team in Alberta, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. this, this next week. So, uh, Jason, let's start with you, man. Uh, the men's hockey team and their playoff hopes. Um, it is getting down to the point where, I don't want to say they don't deserve it because they definitely do, but it's they've had the chance to shut that door for weeks now, and they just have not been able to, for whatever reason, whatever's happened, they haven't been able to shut it, and it's getting down to crunch time now. You're playing a an incredibly strong Alberta team, an Alberta team that's most likely going to track their way straight back to nationals, and it's in Edmonton where traditionally the Bisons have not fared very well. Uh, they go to Claire Drake Arena and don't often come back with very many points. So they're doing a lot of scoreboard watching this weekend. Um, it's going to be very important to see what UBC and Regina can do coming out of this weekend. I know one of them is playing Saskatchewan and the other, I believe, is playing Mount Royal. I'm not quite sure in the exact details. Mount Royal and UBC are going at it this, this upcoming weekend. And then Sask is playing Regina. So if you are Manitoba, you're really hoping that Sask can pull off the two wins. Don't let Regina get anything else. Um, you need, I think, it, with at least two points, they can still clinch. Uh, they can still put that playoff spot out of reach. But it's going to be a tough test because it's it's the Alberta Golden Bears. Like we're not we're not mincing words when we say like this is kind of the cream of the crop. They aren't. Um, ranked as highly nationally as they have been. UNB still first nationally. Saskatchewan still second na- uh, in U sport because they have a nine-game winning streak. But this is a great Alberta team. But for Manitoba, it's just like it's play desperate hockey. You know, when Regina was in here, they came, they played desperate, desperate hockey, and they pulled off two wins. Manitoba has to do the exact same thing. Go in, go into Edmonton this weekend. Put everything out on the line. Do everything you can to win those hockey games and make the playoffs because they they really deserve to be back in the playoffs this year. Manitoba twenty two points, UBC twenty one, Regina nineteen. Michael Still, can they do it? Uh, well, a couple things. First off. Uh, technically, I guess they really just need to take it to OT twice. They only need two points, so which they're good at doing. <laughs> <laughs> Took Sass to OT in the first game of the home set last weekend. Should have taken it to OT in the second game. Yeah, gave up a late goal with less than three minutes left. Talked to Mike after the game. Was not happy about that, obviously. Um, so I mean, 
I think we need to remember that we've beaten Alberta this year before. Mm-hmm. I know it wasn't in Alberta. It was at home. But it's it's possible. So that's important. With our two goaltenders, we can steal a game. It's always possible. I mean, they've done it all year when we beat Alberta the first time around. The reason was because of our goaltending. Absolutely tremendous performance. Mm-hmm. I believe Alberta had close to 40 shots, if not more than 40 shots, in that game. And we won with... Far less shots than that. So, uh, we, you know, obviously that's something we pride ourselves on is strong goaltending. And if we can just get a couple of goals, obviously um, that would be the key. Health of the lineup is critical. Not too sure who's going to be in or who's out. Talk to Mike. He's not sure about Jordy Keene. That's a big piece. He's been missing the past couple of weeks. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Tony Apatagan, he had his wisdom teeth taken out, which is why he wasn't in the lineup the past two weekends. One would think he should be back for this weekend. I mean, I don't know. I, I personally haven't gone through the struggles of wisdom teeth being taken out, so I, I don't know how long that, that holds you up for. But one should hope that he's back in the lineup. Jonah Wazalak, no idea. I mean, he, was, uh, he took a, a scary hit in the first game last weekend. He was at seniors night walking around. Looked like he was having conversations with people, but obviously I there's no way he's going to be in the lineup. I'll mm-hmm. say it right now. I mean, for the safety of him, uh, he was diagnosed with a concussion. I don't, I don't think it's a good idea to put him in the lineup, but obviously I have no idea where they'll be at at that point. So health is key, and really the big thing is the top line. I mean, they get chances every single game, for, or a top six really, but that top line has been the cog for us all year. Devo, Devin Skleski, manning the center, and then the wingers, Jeremy Leipzig and Colton Veloso. They've known each other a very long time, going back to the Wee hockey days. And our best offensive line all season has been that top line. But they need to remember to play defense. There's a lot of times where they want to score, and they're pushing the play, and then all of a sudden, boom, shackalack, it's going the other way. And we, they, the other team either has an odd man rush or they've just scored. Um, the other thing that the Bisons need to really pay attention to, shorthanded goals. I mean, we've given mm-hmm. up the most shorthanded goals of this season. We gave up a short into Saskatchewan last weekend. And it's just the same problem when you're pushing. Like, Adam Henry is an offensive defenseman. So he he's manning sort of an offensive role there. There's only one person back a lot of the times on the blue line there on that first power play unit. And typically, they're on the ice for that entire two minutes. So if something goes wrong... All of a sudden, it's an odd man rush the other way. So something to pay attention to. And actually, it's something that both Colton and Jeremy said to me when I interviewed them this year is they love to play offense. They need to work on their D-zone games. So those are the keys to victory, in my opinion. Yeah, and that's something that Evan and I were talking about uh, on Saturday. On the power play, you know, the Bisons look so good on the power play, moving the puck around, because you've got that, that top unit out there, plus you've got Adam on the back end, and you've... Usually, you had Jonah there for a little while. Uh, Keaton Jamison pops onto the, the power play every once in a while. So you've got five guys that can put the puck in the back of the net. But for some reason, it's just they get so focused on scoring goals that once the penalty is over, the, penalty, the guy that is coming out of the box is like, okay, I'm just going to go this way then. Um, so that's something they definitely need to watch. But like, the Bisons are in such a good position having Riley and Tyler manning the crease where those guys just steal games. They have the the ability to steal games, and for the next five years, it's going to be amazing to see what they can do. Because like, if, if the Bisons are going to win this weekend, it's because of those two guys stealing games. And, you know, they've shown they can do it all year, so this is when it matters the most. One last thing for me. Um, 
it's a young team. I mean, this is a team that had three fifth years, Adam Henry, Sean Christensen, our top D pair, and then good old Waz, Joan Wazalak. That's it. I mean, those mm-hmm. are the those are three very important pieces, obviously. But other than that, like our forward unit is going to be together, presumably for the next three to four seasons. Uh, and you just mentioned, uh, Jason, that our goaltenders have another four on top of this. Yeah. So, uh, that's exciting for the future for the Bisons, and I, ver- I, I know that it's hard to beat Alberta and Sask in this conference. They've rolled it for, the ve- for a very long time, mm-hmm. but with the team that we have, if they can stay together and work on little parts of their game, we're going to be exciting to watch in future years as well. That is out. Well said, gentlemen. Hey, I mean, all you can ask is go into the final weekend with it kind of in your hands, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're going up at a phenomenal team, but if you could steal some points... Um, I mean, that's that's huge for them, for sure. Uh, the women's side officially out of the playoffs now, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, just looking at the points here. Uh, but Manitoba, I mean, stealing an incredible game. Two yeah. goals, seven seconds against the Huskies on Saturday night. Um, they're coming home this weekend uh, celebrating uh, Jordy Zacharias and Amanda Schubert's uh, senior night, of course. Uh, any words going into this final weekend uh, for this team? It's a, it's a transition year, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coach Rempel will be the first uh, person to say that for sure. Um, but uh, Jordy and, uh, and Schub celebrating awesome careers for sure and hopefully building momentum for this young team going into next season. Yeah, I really like what we've got with the St. Mary's line. Again, for the next mm-hmm. four years after this. Well, three years for Chatier Bach and four for Gregoire and for Dennehy. Uh, what I like about that line, I interviewed uh, Katie Chatierbach yesterday, and um, she's a defense, I mean, not necessarily a defensive-minded player, but she's a well-rounded 200-foot game type of person. She, Jason mentioned this uh, earlier on, or last year, her, her role on the team was, you know, in the face-off circle, in the D zone, and, and really just being a fundamental player that way. You didn't need scoring because we mm-hmm. had so many veterans last year. So because she adds that to that line, it, it allows the center in Dennehy and the winger in Gregor, whose speed is ridiculous. Actually, the two of them both have stellar speed. They're not very big players, but man, are they fast to push the offensive play and unlike the men where all three of those boys like to push it in the offensive zone Kate can get back on D in case something happens so Mm -hmm. it's kind of an interesting parallel that way Um, and they're so much fun to watch early in the season you saw them getting a lot of chances and I remember Kate Gregor had a couple breakaways for sure she just you know she just got stopped or just missed uh, but she's cashing on them now I think she has six goals on the year something close to that her second half has been fantastic absolutely and I attribute it to the line that she's on I mean they didn't that St. Mary's line did not start Mm -hmm. the season together but since they've been together you can't you can't separate them and then there's a reason why I mean Shatir Bach she's been friends with Dennehy since they were playing Saints hockey so they go way back as well and then obviously uh, Gregoire since the St. Mary's days so uh, they've got a they've got great chem there and uh, it's really exciting to see and and Neil you mentioned that John would be the first one to say it's a young team it's a rebuilding year he has said that he's said Mm -hmm. it a lot of times and uh, but what he has also said is that it's not for a lack of effort that they're losing games I mean he knew coming into the season they weren't going to score a lot of goals but they're not giving up a lot of goals either the defense is veteran they've played very well this year and they don't lose anybody off that decor they should theoretically all be back next season based on whatever's going on with schooling the women's hockey team they they like to play their five i mean they don't they don't tend to age enough to the fourth even if they graduate so hopefully they'll all be back mm-hmm. and erin fargy comes back next year too so and she's been great this season i mean she's been absolutely spectacular she's seeing action in one and two games every weekend with uh with shubes so that's 
exciting to see. And yeah, I mean, you know, you mentioned about that that four goal third period and the two goals in seven seconds. Yeah, Jordy generated that obviously, and it's going to be tough to miss that. But I love the resolve of the team. It's a young team saying we're not going to give up. We're going to push ourselves, and we're going to see what we can do. And we're we're going to score four goals in the third period. And I mean, come on, like how can you not love something like that? Yeah. I love this team, man. They're they're a bunch of young players, but they're playing for each other. And the coaching staff, it's a great group. I mean, John's got a, a great mix there with Ven Lahovi and Sean Fisher as his two assistant coaches, and I think the three of them work really well together. So yeah. it's gonna be fun to see over the next couple yeah. of years. This is an incredibly, incredibly talented team. Like if if a few more bounces went their way this year, we would be talking about a first like a, a first round matchup potential you know, not a, a bye to the second round, but we'd be talking about potential a home playoff berth that's just how good this team is it was just you know the puck wasn't going in the net if if Kate was firing the way that she is now in the first half of the season you know games would have gone differently and for Aaron you know talking to her early in the the season she was confident coming into this year she did a lot of work in the offseason and one of the main questions was what is Aaron Fargie and she came in and proved I'm a starting goaltender I'm the person the person that's going to lead this team forward and you know this last this final weekend is kind of like okay you're starting to put it all together let's celebrate Jordy and Shubes and exactly like you said Mike to build momentum moving forward bright future for this team uh it's going to be exciting this weekend celebrating those two and uh the the last two home games for this uh, women's hockey team let's go to the court now and uh, a team that we've watched really closely uh definitely the the high sport uh high team i guess of uh the bison sports this year but the men's basketball team mike i gotta start with you because uh, you were keeping tabs out in victoria getting the split against the vikes uh they're still in that third spot in canada west and the u sports rankings have not come out yet uh but i would be surprised how I, I'm, I'm actually really curious to know where we move or if we're gonna stay right at eight in the country um but getting that split how are you feeling about that? Yeah, uh, you want a sweep, obviously. I, they need Bison's needed a sweep, so obviously the the split is key, and we needed that second game. I want to start with the rankings quickly. Uh, I expect us to drop to nine because we split. I expect Sask to fall out of the top ten, and I expect UVic to be in at that ten seed. If you look at who UVic's beaten this season, they beat UBC. They handed Alberta their only loss of the season. They split against us. I mean, this. I don't understand how they haven't been in the top. 10 already this year to be honest with you it's a veteran team they they only have 150 but they're a deep roster it's very similar to the bisons where they have a lot of guys they can deploy off the bench um diego mafia is one of their young players that's exciting to watch but um yeah split this weekend sean brown was back in the lineup and the first game back he had only four points in the first half really exploded in the second half but man oh man Uvic shot the lights on from three in the fourth quarter they could not miss from perimeter in the fourth they had guys going all, it didn't even matter who was shooting the ball. Their guards were just playing absolutely tremendously. And then in that second game, Bison's come back from 13 down to beat Uvic. And again, it was RB the six kid getting it done. I mean, wow, this guy is nuts. He is hands down. Like, I mean, I don't get a pick in the Bison Sports Athletes of the Year. Uh, I have to talk to John about that one. But uh, if I was to have a pick, it would be Rashawn Brown. Uh, either him or James Wagner. But man, Rashawn put the team on his back in that second game. James was struggling a little bit from the field, where which hasn't really been something that's been an issue for him this year. But Rashawn really picked it up for us in that second game. And then Andre started getting it going a little bit as well. And, and that's just the thing with these boys. No matter what the score is, they battle. 
They're never out of a game. They showed that when they came back from 13 down against Sask uh, a couple weekends ago as well. We were down against Regina pretty bad in that first game as well last weekend. This is just a team that knows they can beat anybody regardless of the score, and they've got confidence. It's very exciting to see. I actually want to talk about the standings really quickly because the RPI and everything, we've got one weekend left in the regular season to determine who's going to host for the quarters and the semis. And Alberta, they did not do the Bisons a single favor this weekend. They swept Calgary. Calgary was undefeated going into that series. And if Calgary had swept Alberta and then Bisons had done their thing, uh, even if we had split and then... Uh, beaten, uh, beat Brandon this weekend Ch- higher chance of, of getting into that two seed now we need to have Alberta lose twice to Sask in order for the and the Bisons need to sweep Brandon in order to get that two seed uh, to be perfectly honest with you I don't see that happening Alberta is the best team in the conference right now and one of the best teams in the nation Brody Clark came back last weekend that is incredibly scary for the rest of the conference. Fifth-year guy, their best player, without a shadow of a doubt. This is a very veteran University of Alberta team. And obviously all the talk going into last weekend was Calgary, undefeated team. But look at Calgary's schedule. I was talking to John about this. They didn't have a very difficult schedule this year. They really didn't. I mean, uh, they come up against Alberta, and, and the first game was close. The second one wasn't. I mean, Alberta really had their way with them in that second game and, and got scoring from all across the board. Uh, lockdown D the first game. Uh, rapid scoring in that second game. So Alberta, it's the playoffs are likely going to run through. I mean, the playoffs are going to re- probably run through Alberta regardless, mm-hmm. Calgary and Alberta. Uh, but it's going to be exciting to see. If you're a Bison fan, you cross your fingers and you hope that the that the Huskies sweep Alberta this weekend and the Bisons get it done against Brandon. Seniors night as well. Going to be honoring good old Rashawn Brown for everything he's given back to this program. Really exciting. Can't wait for the series for sure. Yeah, taking on Brandon this weekend, who's uh, kind of right there at the the tail end of that playoff picture in Canada West. And, and like you mentioned there, uh, Mike, Alberta, 12 games in a row, uh, and Calgary getting their two first losses. And, yeah, no help for for our oh. uh, home playoff uh, picture for sure. But, uh, Jason, what are you thinking? Uh, what do you what would you like to see from this team uh, going into the, the matchup against the Bobcats this weekend? I mean, just keep on going. Like, this is, you know... This is a five and thirteen Bobcats team, so it, it's a series that you should win, and it's a series you have to win. Um, coming, you want that momentum going into the playoffs. You don't want you don't want to split a split a series or go in with two losses. You want to come out, play your best game, leave it all out on the court, get that momentum going into the playoffs, and obviously celebrate Rashawn in his fifth year. So, yeah, just. It's it's all about momentum for this team right now. You know, they've kind of they've been in a playoff spot for a month plus now. Um, so they knew that they were going. They knew that they were going to be one of the top teams in the conference heading into the playoffs. So it's more about just, you know, get that momentum. Make sure you're coming in with some speed and some, you know, just make sure you're at the top of your game to start these playoffs. And then you can just walk straight through. Just one last thing for me. I'm going to butcher this guy's name. Anthony Segaleke, I think, from Brandon. They need to stop him. He's their best player. He, do, he He's a monster on the boards. Uh, and he's been coming on hot. So that's going to be the key storyline. Cam O'Hara and Isaac Miller-Jose uh, and James Wagner on the boards against him. That's going to be the battle to watch. And the Bobcats coming into IGAC winning 
four in a row. So uh, them sitting at five and thirteen, they're, they're on a little bit of a streak here, and they're trying to lock down that final playoff. Exactly, they got a lot to play for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're going to be playing desperate, desperate basketball. And you know what? We always say this with the Westman, but I'd throw the uh, the Bobcats in there as well. It's it's one of those just Manitoban rivalries that they could come in and play to the level of the Bisons, regardless of their record mm-hmm. and how their seasons has gone, just because the proximity. They're taking the bus here, kind of thing. There's going to be uh, local fans here, of course. Uh, it's going to be a great last weekend in IGAC for sure. Uh, on the women's side, they're still right there as well. They haven't clinched, but they're at 7-11, and 11, uh, right there tied with uh, Thompson Rivers. But they have a massive weekend as well. Brandon on the women's side, 1-17. So very similar to what we're talking about on the men's side. I mean, these are very two capable wins for this women's team and uh, two wins that they need desperately uh, to lock themselves into the playoffs. Yeah, they definitely do. And, I mean... I don't want to throw Brandon under the bus here at 1-17, but this is a very motivated U of M team, and Michelle's going to have the team ready to go. Uh, I'm going to predict a sweep. I'm going to say that right now, but we'll see what happens, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, RPI is going to help the Bisons, too, a little bit. They've had a bit of a tougher schedule, for sure. Um, you know what? The thing I'll say about the about the Bison women's team is that they they get production from all through their lineup. I'd say Addison Martin's probably been one of our more consistent players this season. I mean, I gotta love Taylor Randall. She's she's awesome, but she also has games where she's hot and cold sometimes. Um, but this season, she's done a better job of managing her emotions. She doesn't get frustrated, and the team feeds off that. You know, if she's frustrated, it affects the rest of the team, and you know they can get a little under their swords too. She keeps it cool and lets other players do their thing, like a uh, Lauren. Bartlett or uh, or an Addison Martin, obviously Emma Thompson, if she can get it going from three and that kind of thing. So uh, what I like about this team is yeah, just the fact that they don't get overwhelmed by the moment and they're they're calm, cool, and collected at all times. And the guard play that we have, I mean, Lauren Bartlett, Keziah Brothers. Um, and Taylor Randall, the three of them together are just so much fun to watch out there. Uh, and they really just form a dangerous trio on top of Deidre Bartlett, who's a great shooter from the perimeter. Uh, so those guards are, are very tough to stop on both sides. They're active on D, especially Lauren and Kazai. And Kazai is very, very strong on the boards. Autumn Agar is another player that's been coming on really well for us for the for over the last few games as, uh, of the season. So... The, the Bison women are going to be motivated coming into this series. And, yeah, I, I expect them to come into the playoffs with momentum. And they're going to be on the road for the third straight season if they're able to make it. They have experience in that department. And for a player like Emma Thompson, it's her last season. Um, she's going to be motivated. Taylor, she's been in the playoffs two years in a row. Kaziah, uh, a number of these players have been in the playoffs. So they have that experience. Looking forward to seeing what happens. Yeah, you mentioned this quickly, Mike, but uh, their RPI is absolutely going to do them favors because same record as Thompson Rivers, but uh, their uh, Manitoba's RPI is at uh, about 4,500 compared to the 4,100 of Thompson Rivers. So that schedule does come into play, absolutely. But Jason, same question as that men's team. What are you looking for going into this uh, last home weekend? Celebrating Evan Thompson Senior Night as well on Saturday. Yeah, just, you know, got to come in, calm yourselves down. Six-game losing streak, so you're you're kind of at a point where you need to just turn it around right now you don't want to go into the go into the playoffs without with anything less than two wins but it's winning you're in you know you don't want to have to worry about you like we said with men's hockey it's like it needs to be in your hands you want it to be in your hands so come out friday night put a stamp on it and then carry that into saturday 
without a doubt. It's it's going to be exciting. Uh, two great seniors uh, will be celebrating on that Saturday night with Rashawn Brown and Emma Thompson, and uh, it's, it's just a great way to have Brandon in as well, that local team, and uh, we'll, we'll transition to the, the volleyball teams that are going out to Brandon this weekend uh, off the bye and uh, this men's team, they're, <laughs> my goodness, they're right there. They're, they are right there, but uh, they're going up against a, a tough Brandon squad for sure. A team that, we've talked about this on, on plenty of episodes, but they carry themselves a, surp- a certain way. They know they're going to be there at Nationals regardless, right? But they've bought, battled through a few injuries, and... They're right there. They could be a team mm-hmm. that could cause some havoc in the playoffs. They absolutely could. And you're not going to tell me that Garth Pitchkey's not going to have his team ready. I mean, come on now. It's Garth Pitchkey. He's the most legendary player slash coach in the history of Canadian men's volleyball. He'll always have his team ready. He's, he's as fired up and passionate now in year 39 as he was in year one. This man just loves the game of volleyball, and he's going to have the guys ready. And just, I mean, let's, let's, let's sit here and talk about this for a minute. I mean, think about the team. We come into this season just reflecting here now. Brendan Warren, conference leader in blocks, two straight seasons, gone for the whole season with a shoulder injury. So we're undersized in the middle. But we've been playing with nothing but heart. Ben Carlton moving from the middle, from left to middle, back to left, uh, and just doing it all for us. His, the, the reason he's been so valuable is he's taken some of those total attacks away from Kevin. Kevin leading the conference in total attacks is doing it all for us. And teams could kind of game plan around that. They would, they knew that it was going to Kev. Uh, because I was our top attacker by a landslide. Uh, now that Ben's getting more involved, you see those attacks a little bit more even. So you have to be afraid of both of those guys making plays. And then you got Owen Schwartz, who's a sneaky good player, the smartest player on the court for the Bisons. Jack Mandrick, uh, athletic freak at the center position. Uh, we just have a very well-rounded roster, of guys. And we're again our biggest our biggest concern. Well, I mean, Garth is going to Garth is probably going to disagree with this, but from a bystander's perspective, our biggest issues are size. When we come up against some of those bigger teams, they're just they have like five inches on us, and it's just you know you, you, there's great verticals, and you can you can place your block. It's really on the middle. The middle needs to read the block, and then the outside attacker reads to where the middle is going, and you get that double block in there. Hand positioning is super important, and also knowing where it's going. But again, like against the UBC team that has like four guys on the junior national team, and they're all like six foot seven, and we're sitting there at an average size of like six foot three. Good luck. I mean, like you can do everything you can, but these guys are humongous. Training, <laughs> Like Trinity Western is the same issue. They're huge. Like, and now we're going to Brandon. They're massive as well. Like, these are teams that are just humongous. And I, it's you know, Brandon is a uh, it was a big part of that with his size. You know, he was a big guy, and we lost Dylan Sutherland. Uh, he was six foot seven. Ben is is a bigger guy, but it's definitely our, our our height is a bit of an issue for sure. And I will say this: I, I got so much love for the Brandon Bobcats, man. I mean, uh, that Russ Paddock, their head coach, is an alumnus of the University of Manitoba. He's one of the best players to ever grace the University of Manitoba. He's in that top twenty-five that Garth presented to me about a month ago you know, when I was writing stories about the alumni. He's uh, he, what he's done with that program at the University of Brandon is unbelievable. They haven't been around for that long, mid two thousands, and. I mean, sure, they brought in a lot of international players. They had to institute the Brandon rule mm. where you, have, you can only have two international players on their roster because I think they had like six or seven on their team at one point in time. But what he does is, I, was t- I mean, we were talking about this couple of weeks ago. What he does is he brings in guys that aren't necessarily the best volleyball players. They're just really athletic dudes. It's like, for example, one of the guys that's a star on their team, Mason Metcalf, he was a basketball player in Carmen, Manitoba. And he looked at the guy and said, he's... 
He's not the he's a raw volleyball player, but man, has he got a great vertical leap. He could be a great middle blocker or attacker, and he is because he developed an athlete into a volleyball player. And even Garth, like Garth's done that with a lot of his guys. Some of the alum that I talked to him about yesterday when I was in his office was just some raw players that he just turned into really good volleyball players. So obviously, if you're the Bisons, you would like to get at least a, a one win here and love to get a sweep and head into the playoffs with momentum, especially against a team like Brandon that's kind of been injured over the last few weeks. But on the Brandon side, too, I just it's great for, for Manitoba Volleyball to see a team like Brandon doing mm-hmm. so well, and you would like to see them get into the playoffs and hopefully get to Nationals and have two teams from Manitoba on an eight, repping the 204. That would be absolutely phenomenal to see. And this is just going to be a great weekend. Brandon's a fun team to watch. I got love for our guys. We, we play with so much heart it's gonna be a a really fun weekend do we have a name for this bobcat bison rivalry at all i don't think so but there's got to be something because again like russ paddock is a bison alum himself right we got to think about that put our our three brains together what highway runs between that's the classic thing right that's the classic (laughs) i mean exactly you gotta go with that isn't that just highway one yeah the The highway one rivalry (laughs) which is like i would (laughs) i wonder how many teams are actually on trans canada probably a lot of them them. uh that's uh that's a thing for another time jason do you want to close us out at all with a men's volleyball team yeah we got a few seconds left here uh obviously bison's are in tough. Brandon's lost 24 sets all season long, but Mike, as you said, they've been injured. They've, they're losers of six straight, so if you're Manitoba, just come in here, play hard, come together as a team, and just prove it. You know, This is the time to start making noise, get yourselves in the playoffs, and really just push towards Nationals, making noise, and showing that you belong here. Because if, if injuries had gone another way, this we would not be talking about this Bison's team on the, the cusp of the playoffs. We'd be talking about them comfortably in a playoff spot. Without a doubt. Uh, that will do it for us here on today's episode of Hear the Herd on 101.5 UMFM. Women's hockey and some basketball here uh, on campus. Come out and support the Herd. We'll talk to you next week.